This is exactly right. something don't half-ass it speaking of which (laughs) this is my favorite murder (laughs) did you get that steven are we recording the show oh my god oh my god welcome to my favorite murder end of 2016 episode this is the end of this fucking shit hole of a year now if you had a great year congratulations <laughs> how did you do it press stop and <laughs> and go have fun with your and go fuck yourself <laughs> our new musical yeah oh my god speaking of did you hear the song that a, a techno song that a dude made what of our pod you haven't heard this no oh my god of our podcast hold okay wait hold on uh, i feel so such guilt for the amount of things people do and make and whatever that i'm always like oh i missed that three months ago well you're gonna die because this is the best thing that's ever happened are okay. you ready for this yes y'all ready for this dun 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 <laughs> okay this is from Alex Alex J. Squire on Twitter. Oh, that name sounds familiar to me. And it's not working. <laughs> Why isn't it working? <laughs> There's just a photo of his cat and you press play. This isn't fucking and Okay. Fucking John Wayne Gates. Fucking John Wayne Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear it? Oh. What? John Wayne Gates. Oh my God. I can't believe you missed that one. I can't stop smiling. No. That's. Uh, that's I you mean, saying who that's announcing you announcing at the Chicago, Chicago live show who you're doing and I and you go fucking John Wayne and I go yeah and it's like this perfect, it just goes and goes like that. Oh, that is. Thank you, Alex J. Squire. Oh my You're god. A talented motherfucker. Are you friends with Diplo? Because that was incredible. That's the new hit. Um, you're hearing a very familiar laugh. Yes, we that can't a lot ignore of it. You noticed. A lot of you know and love. That's right. We actually have in our wrap down 2016 holiday spectacular. Anything goes. And who the fuck knows? <laughs> uh, our friend and our guest, Mr. Guy Branham. Hello. Good to be here. So excited. I want that track so bad. I have I have a dance track from the 80s. It is Margaret Thatcher speeches. No. Turned into an acid dance song. No. And Oh my god! I love this so much. <laughs> you guys are also astoundingly lucky with your fandom. Oh, like, for fuck's sake! Like you're, like you're. The- People say it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, it's crazy. Well, it's weird. It's crazy. The extent to which their response to all of this is, she just described a brutal murder. I need to make this a project. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, I have something to surprise you with, Karen. What more? Yes. So- because you know, me hearing my voice with techno music oh. behind it is like that made. 2017 for me. Totally. So, I mean, fuck, this year's a fucking bus, but <laughs> that you can carry it on to next year. That's right. Um, okay, so I got a package in my P.O. box and it just said it was to me, so I opened it and I'm sorry. And I Don't got this worry. letter that Uh-oh. made me cry. 
lot. Like literally almost made me cry. I was really depressed today. And then I read it and it made me feel better. It's basically this girl who's like, thank you guys so much. I went to a Chicago show. Um, I also told my, my mom now secretly wa- listens to the podcast and she's a, secretly. she's lives in Alabama and she's a quote, rich white Republican Southern Baptist mother <laughs> and is a closet fan and she can't tell yes. anyone about it. Yes. So What's when, her name? When the girl found out that we were doing Chicago again, she said, I immediately bought my mom a plane ticket to Chicago <gasps> to go. Her name is Chelsea. <laughs> Why? And look what she gave us. Open this. Well, here. Oh, I'll shit. Show you. <laughs> she works at a company. She works at like a beauty product company. And she sent us a whole line of sweet honesty. No. Oh, my products. God. <laughs> Oh my God! I know. It, it, is this the original, this or is, is this the, how they pro- market it? Now? I think it's still around. There's <gasps> Sweet Honesty from the live show, but it looks Chicago. so seventies. I know, but Avon I, Sweet Honesty. Yeah. No, was that a real thing? Was it a real? Yeah, it's real. That's why that oh, girl wow. had the. That was a thing. She had basically. It was like you know, ba- loves baby soft perfume right. from the seventies. Like if you had a T-shirt of that, th- this was Avon's version, which was Sweet Honesty. She. Let me see if I can find her oh, Twitter so I can get Oh God! Her and one of these looks like. Oh my God! Wait, this this is what they sell now because this looks like, like the, a remember roll tickle? on deodorant. Yes, o- no old deodorant. It looks like deodorant from the seventies. It's this is. I mean, this is the podcast that made me try to figure out how my mom could listen to podcasts because <laughs> she loves true crime so much. We gotta get Debbie on board. We gotta Debbie? get Debbie on board. I don't know how we're gonna do it. Remember when you'd have to buy your parents an iPod to get them like and download a bunch of fucking. She, put, she put it in it? a drawer. She put it in a drawer. I honestly feel like I need to go greatest hits and burn some CDs for her. I think CDs, you should. That's the way to go. CDs is easier. It's not a lot of uh, having to touch things and yeah. plug things in. Yeah. At the same Please time, burn some CDs for Debbie. Do it. At the same time, though, my dad figured out how to live, listen to podcasts, and that was a mistake. I'm trying to find Chelsea's Twitter because I want to give her. A Hi Marty. Thing. My dad. Hi, Marty. My dad figured out how to listen to podcasts and then decided this one wasn't for him. Oh my god. So, and it's okay. He's more of a nerdist guy. This, I, I can't. <laughs> like, I just want to listen to men talk. I love it. Yeah, women are so boring. Um, can I spray some sweet honesty? Absolutely. You, you God, yes. Okay. You gotta huff it, actually. I, I gotta. <laughs> My grandma's Avon lady showing up was one of the most exciting things that could happen. Avon ladies were the, it just makes me think of Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Right? That was a real thing. I remember doing what was it wasn't it wasn't Avon but there was another one that was like that um or maybe it was Avon we went to a party of it at my aunt Jean's house one time and the way this lady was explaining how you had to buy all of this product because if you used a bunch of different brands on your face together right it was like chemical warfare on your That's face the biggest bullshit I've ever heard I was life. 12 years old sitting at the table going bullshit <laughs> or <laughs> everyone would have their face burned by 12 now 12 year old Karen was like <laughs> she just call you out on your shit I and think like, it's amazing salesmanship <laughs> it's smart it's smart wording it was very effective yeah. it wasn't Jafra, but it was like one of those brands where it's kind of like it's a freestanding beauty uh, you know kind of slightly pyramid scheme a number of women from my high school who've ended up in multi-level marketing of beauty (laughs) project yeah um okay her name is chelsea young and she's on twitter as chelsea and then l-e-e-a-u and she's a fucking she's from naperville naperville illinois Illinois? yeah um she's a that's where bob odenkirk's from oh oh my god is it terrible (laughs) no no it's good let me smell but i just literally inhaled it um 
She said at the oh, that's like baby powder. It's powder. It smells like baby powder. It smells like a diaper. It smells Let's be honest. like it's adorable. Fifteen year olds. It like. smells like a teenage baby. <laughs> Which is what everybody wants. Which is what men are attracted to. (laughs) Normal heterosexual men are attracted to. And she also said that during the during the live show, her friend that they were with had to go outside. She was sick with the flu, had to go outside and barf in the parking lot, but came back in and fucking stuck it out. Yes, like she was like we were fucking, and she sent me a photo of her of them. And was she sick with the flu of uh, Budweiser Tall Boys? Because I've had that same sickness several times in my life. <laughs> um, okay, guy is gonna law is gonna law us. Up. Oh yeah, that's what, so. <laughs> that's what go, we pretended. That's ahead. what we brought you here on those pretenses. That's right. So. Like you guys, you guys talk about law things a lot. Like you talk about murder. You talk about murder. We talk about them with a lot of confidence, even though we fucking don't know anything. It's right. true. Right, There's a lot of theorizing. Open, yeah. open up. Do you guys have any idea what the difference between a first and second degree murder is? Intent. One. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Karen. One. Uh, Roman. I don't do Roman numerals. Oh, so. sorry. Um, you're you're right. That it is intent level. It is basically so like first degree murder requires premeditation. Right. But that is really planning that's mostly just like being in a right enough mind to be like even for a moment like I want to kill this person. And then doing it like immediately after? Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you do need to like both have the mens rea and the, the act happen. Sure. What's that? At the same time. I don't know that word. That's a state either. of mind. Intent okay. is state of mind. Oh, I thought mens, mens rea, rea was your period. <laughs> that sound like uh, real nasty period. Um, so, but, but second, second degree murder is horrible. Second degree murder is either A, um, like your passions were raised by, and like the, the paradigm is you see your wife fucking somebody else mm. and you either kill him or her mm-hmm. um, or like some, the moment kinda. in the moment in the moment or like you you're like somebody starts a fight with you and they don't use deadly force oh. but you are trying to defend yourself and it escalates so you and you kill them <gasps> those are second degree murder things but second degree murder is used for like the worst things like um that dude on Ellen or not on Ellen what was the Jenny Jones Jenny the, Jones, the Jenny Jones we dude? did that one yeah mm-hmm. yes or um the guy who killed Harvey Milk oh, I almost don't Dan Brown don't talk about it I almost did that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm gonna no, d- it's, talk about it. Talk it's about really it. good, but it was he basically said like I was so freaked out by being around gay people and I'd eaten so many Twinkies, Twinkies. that I wasn't <laughs> in a right state of mind. And so And like, like oh so like okay, he got fired and he got pissed off and came back. So isn't that premeditation though? I mean the, the it all depends on what the jury believes. And the right. thing is is like the jury is so willing when it comes to like a a gay guy hit on me and then I killed him means you're doing six years instead of like I decided to kill some gay guy which is like 15 to life wow you know Um, like if they can if they can empathize with you yes you're better off and so like like second degree murder is this terrible situation where like it's completely screwed over for women because in the like 70s they tried to sell this idea of 
battered wife syndrome mm-hmm. the thing is is that like burning bed right burning bed yeah what's that but, i don't know that they flare faucet made for tv movie called oh, burning bed but based on a real story was, based on a real story this woman was so terribly abused i remember watching it with my mom and at one point i mean they it was incredibly graphic of basically showing what domestic violence really looks like <gasps> yeah. and it's incredibly intense but it was on at like eight o'clock at night on abc or whatever uh, and i remember at one point my mom goes i think you should go to bed <laughs> but you but didn't she, no of course not i was just like out of my way lady like standing closer to the TV (laughs) but it was basically to try to show people this whole thing of like yeah knock your wife around and shut her up it's because you it's like in my mind when I was a kid it was like it's romantic it's because he loves you so much and it's so passionate and you guys just have this intense relationship and then you see the reality of it and you're like this is just brutal fucking bullying and and awfulness cracking someone across the mouth because she's lippy is not a fun thing to say to your friends in the bar when actually it's a horrible pattern because you were abused and once it starts it can't stop because you're in this like in a rage fit it's and assault. you beat a person up like they're a man and then if you, you're, you're when you're older and you're in a good relationship and the thought of like Vince when we get in a fight which happens him just fucking smacking me because I he got no, like that would be that would change my world and the fact that this is a normal thing for people bothers me so much but the thing is what's so fascinating is that like really quick yes so so at night she burnt his bed while he was in it mm-hmm. then she got off right when she went to that's a horrible way but to the die. thing is like the how we learned it in law school like basically is um the terrible thing is for like second degree murder it is generally a dude grabbing a gun right there or it has to be sort of like within the same window of time that his second mm-hmm. degree murder sort of like act of passion happens but women who've been beaten don't oh, do that right they stew they and then three it. weeks later they For three years yeah mm-hmm. and um they just finally like break and sh- like shoot him or burn the bed or whatever and like so uniformly battered wife syndrome was rejected by the courts yeah. as uh, a thing but uh it like it's it's, it's almost gross. like it may, i feel like it's even worse because they're going through years and years of constant torture and having their minds fucked with because they never know how someone's going to react and so they're not even in their right mind you know when they're planning it well, the, the beforehand thing, the thing that's so creepy about all of this is that so many of these ideas were built in the 1600s in England when like things that were very immediate we understood but the notion of sort of like a long simmering like psychological torture right. nobody understood because they all died when they were 34 and, well, and also that Duh. men so had the mic that it was like well they would have to understand how a woman would interpret abuse and, and approach it as opposed to how it would feel or or how they would react to it, which they would be like, well, that's not how it's done, as opposed to that's not how maybe men do it, or how in, it, to the individual. Well, it mean, was beating your like wife that. was legal. Like beating your <laughs> yeah. wife was, was just the Bible. illegal. Yeah, uh, and, it's in the Bible. Uh, oh, can I say this really quick? Just so everyone knows, Guy Branham is a lawyer. Right. The reason that we're having him talk about some credentials, we know all this is that <laughs> you are a, legally a lawyer. I graduated from the University of Minnesota Law School in 2001. That is amazing. Which means I am an expert on the law of murder and other things in the same way that Karen and Georgia are experts. No, uh, no, in a much uh, better way. No, but <laughs> what though? Wait, like, finish that. I haven't oh, yeah. done this. I haven't done this in 15 years. So this <laughs> is basically just what I remember. Oh, good, good, good. But like f- from that, let's hop on over to uh, <laughs> murder's best buddy, rape, um, and understand that like in 
in common law, in sort of like the origin of our entire legal system, it's a horrible construction of this situation where it has to be a violent act. It has to be against someone other than your wife. Like, um, that, you know, the old school laws, and there have been many laws that tried to sort of like update things. I hate like that intimidation, you know, and a woman going along with things to not get murdered shows that she, you know, like she didn't fight. So it wasn't really right. You know, like that kind of thing where her pants would have been hard to take off. So she must have been consenting. So basically one interesting thing that you guys like comes up on the show a lot is in some states you still have rape laws that have been updated. Um, But in other states, there was this thing in the fifties called the model penal code where they sort of try to make the law reflect the world that we live in now a little bit more. And so that's what the difference between like first degree, second degree and third degree sexual assault are. And these are very serious ish- issues and it's weird to hear a man talk about them and I'm sorry. <laughs> I had the creepiest crim law professor who was like a man in his 60s and he was constantly saying things that you were like don't say it yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Don't stop. Like How he was no from one... before. Can I, can, can I tell you? Can I tell you the two worst of them? Yes, always. Yeah. Is this all right? No. Oh my okay. God. Yes. Are they you were. Kidding me? They what were, if he's our number one fan? They were. They were. <laughs> There's no rape by swindle, um, which is essentially saying if you promise to pay a prostitute <gasps> and then at the end you're like, nope, that's not rape. Oh. Um, which is like. Classic common law in many states have sort of like figured stuff like that out. Um, and then the other one was. Don't the, do the voice again. I'm sorry. I'm, do it. I have to. No, I, I have love to. it. Um, for when it comes to sexual violence and age, there comes a point where mental state doesn't matter. If you did it, so like basically you can't say, but she looked 18. Oh. But you cannot say, but she looked 13. Which was the most chilling thing to hear. I don't understand. So wait, so you couldn't say that she looked of age and so you didn't know and so it's not statutory okay. rape. The, the, one thing I should be saying is this man was a leading rape expert. Like he was this old, like 60, in more ways than one, probably. 65 year old slander, slander white guy <laughs> who dead. went to Harvard was like, had written like several books about it, but was talking about it this way. And it was just like, no, that's what's wrong with the law yeah. is all of these laws were written by that guy. Yeah. We talk about fucking statute. I mean, which comes up and Karen's always like, stop it. But statute of limitations, is just oh. like my biggest, and like anything but murder or has statute of limitations seems like yes and like that comes to an idea of like after a certain period of time you you like you just it's after you find out that the injury occurred, th- does the statute of limitations toll. Oh, okay. Um, so and it, 20 years later, you can be like, I got raped and it, there w- it wouldn't have passed the statute of limitations? No, well, the thing is, is, you knew for all of that time, but if it was something oh. that like, w- um, you didn't know that something had been stolen from you or, oh, okay. um, you know, if, if there was a body and it was never reported and... Like we we found the body and it's okay. related to nothing. Then you have like three or five or however many years. Well, I guess it's murder, so that would doesn't matter. count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just makes. I feel like someday we're all gonna be like, the fuck was that about? Like kidnapping? I don't know. All of it. Uh, I have a question for you okay. that I've always wondered, like yes. about myself and what what I would do is if you had to go to trial for something big, let's say, uh, would you want a jury or would you just want a judge? Okay. First of all, do you guys understand what the difference between those two? 
things are. Not really. The amount of people. <laughs> and robes. Yeah. So, one is a jury and one is the judge. So the thing is, the idea is, is that in all situations, you have a finder of law and a finder of fact. So like... Um, a jury, the finder of law is always the judge because they're official and they, they know mm. what the law is. And finder of fact, you can either have it be a judge or you can have it be a jury. And like the horrible thing about having gone to law school is that I kind of would trust um, a a judge as a finder of fact more. But the thing is, is in a criminal case, you can't get a judge as a finder of fact. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a right to a jury trial. Right. So, I mean, could you waive one? See, this is how much I don't remember this stuff. <laughs> uh, and the thing is... is um, I mean, you personally, yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. the thing is, is that I... No, I, I guess I would go with a jury because the thing is, is if I had done it, a jury is easier to like, yeah. y- you know, confuse Manipulate. about stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, there's the wonderful thing that we have this presumption of innocence and we have a thing against double jeopardy, which means, right. you know, if you just get them to even just mistrial three times, then you're off. Like there, one of the things that's so interesting about listening to your podcast is this strong presumption of innocence, which is a thing I love does lead to a lot of people getting off Mm -hmm. who we then later find out were horrible people. Yeah. I mean, it's so shitty because it's like, well, there's double jeopardy, but like, yeah, just because this person was terrible and molested children doesn't mean he killed this other kid. Yeah. But they, oh, but it's still, shouldn't they? Oh, there's a great thing that circumstantial evidence is evidence. Right. Like, have you guys ever talked about, like, I guess you do, you guys do with like DNA and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of cases that are, that we talk about that are just tried on circumstantial evidence. Yeah. Sure. And you, you do have that thing of, is it beyond a reasonable doubt, right. which is like kind of good. Cause it means you need a lot of circumstantial evidence, yeah. but there's also the weird thing of like, it is just these 12 people kind of deciding it, which means that like jury instructions are always the most important thing. Yeah. Jury instructions are like a judge laying out. What are the like five clean questions that you need to ask to figure out whether this was the person who committed the murder? Well, I, and do they do that um, when everything is done before they go to start to decide or at the beginning before the case is presented? Okay. So basically at the end of the trial, both sides will submit a set of jury instructions. These are the ones that we want them to be. And then the judge will basically between the two of those sort of like synthesize uh-huh. jury instructions mm-hmm. that, um, that he feel or she feels best sort of like reflect the law as it exists uh, and then submit those to the jury. But that would be great and wonderful if it wasn't for the fact that the prosecutors are doing anything in their means, including make up, you know, false stories to get their client off. You know what I mean? You mean defense attorneys? No, prosec- the prosecution. Get, I guess both. You said get clients off. I mean, sorry, get get their uh, to. Either, okay, yeah, the defense to get defense, their clients yeah. off, the but also the prosecution to get this person charged. And the thing is, is that in my head, I'm always like, like the prosecution has such a better position because like before anything else a DA gets to say do is this person clearly not guilty like a DA can totally just say I'm not going to prosecute him and like they kind of have the the apparatus of the state behind them and defense attorneys when it's not people versus OJ Simpson like so much of the time are like 
they're worse paid. Yeah. Like for everything except for white collar crimes, they are like worse paid and they have like worse support and everything. And I do have more sympathy than I probably should for defense attorneys who are like trying to, um, like get somebody off through technicalities. Yeah. Like let's never forget that in the late 1970s, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was going to the South to people who had been convicted, convicted by all male juries and had death sentences and stuff and saying, let's reconsider his sentence because there were no women on this jury. And that's why you guys have to serve jury duty now. (laughs) I do. Because (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg made you equal, but in the process kind of got some assholes like a second chance even though they did what they uh were convicted for in my mind and this my fucking i might be fucking putting my foot in my mouth but i'm i'm more dubious of the prosecution than i am of the defense yeah i mean but it is but also defense have so much so much pushing them to like fight for technicalities yeah where like i just feel like because they're kind of there to just go they cut down to the bare bones of like look this guy's this and he's gonna look guilty how do i how do i cut down on how guilty he looks and just get the lowest number that we could possibly get and the thing is is like you do i mean it is like defense attorneys like shouldn't they all be plea bargaining like I just feel like good attorneys in any situation really should be coming to some sort of agreement beforehand because going to a trial is just chaos you don't know (laughs) what those people on that jury are gonna say Um, it's crazy it's crazy crazy Please, let's never be in that position. Guys, let's do our very best. Okay. Just... Do you want me to answer the question from last week? The key, key question from last yes. week? Yes. What was... Do we repeat the question for everyone? <laughs> well, it's your question. Okay. Uh, my question was... My, my I said life imprisonment. A sentence of life imprisonment isn't life in prison. Uh-huh. Right? Well, it came out first... Not to be argumentative. Yeah. The first thing you said was life in prison means 10 years. Well, yeah. Which is when I said you're full of shit. <laughs> I meant, I didn't mean 10 years exactly, but yes, I meant well, life that in prison was my, can mean That's that how we started talking about it. We were like, that, and then I was like, what the fuck is going on? In the 1970s, Georgia comes close to being true. Like, really? But all, I'm like, sorry. I'm, I love vintage no, clothing. No, look, so it's not. It's, is my place it's not, it's not remotely quarterly. true anymore. Um, uh, oh. But, but it is. So, like, basically. So you have either giving somebody a number of years and sometimes you get the ridiculous number of years and you're like, why are they putting this person in prison for 572 years? And that is because they have committed a bunch of crimes, but of a sort that life imprisonment is not an option and they're trying to put the person in prison. And then there's regular life in prison and life in prison without parole. Um, and regular life in prison in like the seventies, it used to be that like, after as little as like four or five years, you could be up for parole. Which why why use the word life? Right, that's like a time in prison. It's ridiculous. It's 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 like a statement that means nothing. It means nothing. That's so confusing. So what happened is because people kept getting off and going, no one knew it, right? Killing some more people. Yes, that you started getting these laws that were called truth and sentencing laws Mm. that basically said, and I think a majority of states have passed them, and a lot of states now and the federal government have the option of life imprisonment without parole, but. 
but the thing of saying that you have to serve at least 85% of your sentence and for life imprisonment, creating a certain, like you can't even be under consideration for parole until like 15 years. Yeah. But that's still like, if you get life in prison and then you, and then with the possibility of parole in 20 years. And so then you get, you know, 15 years or whatever, 85% of 20 is, then, (laughs) then that's, you get, you spend 16 years in prison. But the sto- for murder and getting and getting life. This, like the story of this kind of is supposed to be that like, but this guy was being a model prisoner and right. he was being so great. And there's also this thing of like um, good behavior time yeah. where like the the person in charge of the prison can like give like credit time totally. to you because you've been like behaving well. But that is that thing of like. But is prison reflective of how you're going to behave in real life? No. I mean, of course not. And this is now we're getting back into the Mary Vincent case. Yeah. Where that's what happened to the man who attacked her and viciously maimed her, yeah. where he was so good in prison that for, I can't remember his first crime, whatever it was, I th- it was probably murdering a woman or something. And he then, spent four years in jail and then got out to a lot of these almost cases. kill her. But let's talk about the awesome and cool ways that you can punish people for being assholes. Not a, okay. Okay. So Georgia and I are <laughs> this getting this is right up your alley. Georgia and I are getting more champagne in us. So this conversation, do it. let's hope, is getting smoother. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So let's f- first of all, let's just go back to what does it take to make a murder? What do you think it takes to make a murder? We already talked about the intent. dark intent. A knife. <laughs> oh, you make your fucking joke about the dark. But let me tell you, for burglary and arson, yeah, at common law, they had to happen at night. What? If you just broke into someone's house, what does that mean at common law? Yeah, at common law means the way that like the law originated in England way way back when, but was still the valid law in the United States yeah. until like in places the 20th century. We didn't and change shit because we were stupid. They had to change shit because we were stupid. But like in like in the same kind of olden times where you could not legally be considered to have raped your wife, if you set somebody's house on fire in the daytime, what? you were fine. That's oh my God. the best. And what, they said it was a mistake or something? Or like... They just... The thing is, is that all of this... You st- weren't being sneaky? All of it... Yes, it was just like... <laughs> Well, the dude who owned the house really should have been watching it better yeah. now, shouldn't he? Because neighbors are assholes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so those that's all the law that just exists without us doing any work about it. And then eventually, like, state legislatures had to come along and be like, well, we should do something about this because they keep stealing during the daytime. And everyone's like, eh, but it's tradition and this is how they did it. But there's lights at night now, yeah. that, now that it's 1984. Okay. Um, what else do you need? Like, what else do you need for murder? Oh. Uh, intent. So we said intent. Shit. What Don't else? Fucking steal my hands. Did you say intent? Yes. Um, <laughs> intent. Um, <laughs> to kill somebody. Okay. Oh, that's another thing. Okay. This is thing we talk about a lot. Is I, I think it's fucking insane that attempted murder isn't tried as murder. Okay, that's what we're getting towards. I was just listening to an episode where you were ranting about that, and so I was... <laughs> I don't rant. So I was talking about that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so basically, there are, there are three kinds of um, crimes where you don't have to do the act. So the thing is, is that, like, the thing that makes murder murder is that you commit an act, a violent act that deprives someone of their life. Right. And the magic is 
The difference between depriving someone of their life and not is huge. Wow. I could punch the shit out of Steven right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And if he like survived, then that would just be battery yeah. and assault. And I would go to jail for like six months. Is that because they can't prove your intent? Or even if you... Ass- no, I, like the thing it is, is it requires the same intent. Intent doesn't mean I want to kill Steven. If I... The exact same punch yeah. that is just like, oh, fuck that dude. Yeah. Punch. <laughs> and it, he's still alive afterwards. That's battery. And maybe go to jail for like three to six months or something. The exact same punch if like, um, you know, it's, they call it the, um, was it glass victim delicate or something? Stevens syndrome, delicate Stevens syndrome <laughs> if, uh, under delicate Stevens syndrome. And he goes down and he's dead. I go to jail for 15 years to life. Yeah. Like it is just, oh. just cause Steven's face couldn't take it. Yes. It is. It is just that much of a difference. Steven. Just cause he loves cats. Just cause What's his mustache didn't reflect the fucking punch. Um, and it's a little Sorry, bit Steven. crazy. And it, an attempted murder basically just comes down to, to, like attempted murder is something you just kind of like tack on top of the fact that it was fundamentally just a battery. Well, what, okay, but what if you shoot someone in the head and they survive? Or what if you fucking s- stab someone and leave them for dead and they survive? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that it is the interesting, you have to like suss into a person's head that it was actual attempted murder as opposed to just like a battery. And they can probably sue you can for a lot have, of like, money. Can we have a point where if you put something killy in someone's body, they fuck, it's fucking, mur- it's a, t- okay, it's, you're murdering That someone. is aggravated battery. Is, ah! uh, use of, I mean, the, the Putting something killy uh, is actually a legal concept. And it's like the difference between first degree sexual assault and second degree sexual yeah. assault in a lot of states is, what? is did you use a killy? Did you use a killy thing oh, when wow. you were raping her? Or like in, in some cases, the wow. difference is between like intercourse and just sort of like, you know, forced sexual assault when the person, all of the other things that when consensual are, are fun, but not sex. If we say <laughs> that we're going to get in trouble for, so let's not say it. Okay. Yes. Right. Terrible. You um, mean what you just said? What? No, I think I agree. Yeah. No, no, no. What? No, I just mean like explaining what the difference is is going to piss someone off because it's such a fucking it's so okay. Yes. Anyways, um, well, we're just talking about the facts of what yeah. it is. Okay. It's not. It's so, not a joke. So, so the point is, is that my intent doesn't matter. Like my specific intent to kill doesn't matter nearly as much as what happens to Stephen. And so, with attempted murder, it is just the fact that at the end of the day, Stephen's alive. Can go to law school one day maybe you know just like <laughs> really make something of himself so there are, there are <laughs> finally two, no Stephen, you're fucking you're, two, you're doing really well two other inchoate crimes uh that is they're not complete there's no there's not all there is an act in them mm. but not all of the act like the, it, all of the act would mean end up dead yes okay they're called solicitation and conspiracy. Oh, ooh, I like these. What do you think those things are? Selling is solicitation. Okay. Solic- Selling your body. Solicitation, I think, is uh, trying to get someone to kill someone else. Yes. Fuck. So, fuck yeah, dude. You're like, a, it's like five and oh right now. It's almost like I just watch TV all day and read <laughs> fucking murders all night, which thing, I do. The thing about solicitation that's wonderful is, so all you need is the intent to want that crime to occur and an act to get somebody else to do it. And you are at that point 
guilty like the the crime that comes or the sentence that comes with solicitation is the same as murder oh, it's wow. completely the same as murder so if you accidentally ask like an undercover cop to kill your husband it's like you killed your husband but what do you mean about accidentally like you undercover cop okay the, the undercover cop was the no, accident you, you tripped upon a fucking <laughs> cop in uniform like you hey, fell buddy. down into a cop's ear <laughs> kill but, me but the thing kill is, is if you said like oh, god I love it if Vince weren't around tomorrow no. you didn't have intent at that time <laughs> okay. so but but if you went to an undercover cop and was like, look, Vince has been the worst and you like wanted it and meant it, yes. then yes, okay. you're going to jail for exactly as much as if you had attempted to murder uh, Vince. Yes. Karen has her hand right I have my hand up. Um, shit. Oh, so does that mean that when you catch a person on tape, like if someone calls someone, uh-huh. that's it's over. Like it, like, it always seems like in, you know, Forensic Files in 2020, it's like the second you make that deal on a phone call. So the act, so in in a murder, the act is putting the stabby thing in. Yeah. But in solicitation, the act is just the call. And the thing is, is at that moment, it's enough and you are you are uh, an attempted murderer and if the other person did end up murdering the person you're a murderer at that point in time oh you're the murderer even if you didn't commit the the thing is is you're guilty of of solicitation of murder Uh which carries the same uh, punishment as uh, murder interesting now what do you think conspiracy is conspiracy to commit murder is planning it but without a hitman <laughs> None of these rec- like solicitation. More of a DIY thing. Yeah. The, th- <laughs> the thing is, is if, um, like if if you if you knew that Karen no. was go- was going to try. Everyone to- is getting hurt in this podcast. Not in real life. If you knew that Karen was going to try to kill me, and you helped her plan it and figure it out, okay. and basically sort of like conversations that are like in the direction of that happening that conversation is enough that when Karen kills me you are all guilty of conspiracy of murder and I can say that well I thought she was kidding I didn't think she was serious and it's for a jury to decide the thing is is the um, it is for the judge to say if she thought she was kidding legitimately, mm-hmm. that's not conspiracy for murder. Is it admissible? And it's the jur it's not a question of admissibility. Oh. It is a question like of just word. like legally, that's a mistake that absolves you of your mens rea, your your mind state, your intent. There's my word again. Um and and so but it's for the jury to be like to look Georgia Hardstock in the eye and be like, is she bullshitting us? Mm. Uh and if they think that you're not bullshitting, then you are guilty of the same punishment Fuck. as murder. Wow. Okay. Okay, I have my hand up again because that, okay, so that is this thing that's now coming up all the time where uh, people are only now realizing that everybody doesn't react the same way. So if they look someone in the eye right. in the courtroom, there's a lot of these um, A Crime to Remembers where it's like, she was icy cold yeah. and, you know, how dare a mother of two be this way, therefore she's guilty. Yeah, she didn't burst into tears. Yeah, she didn't she act out. like a woman, quote unquote, and so she's guilty or whatever. So it's that thing thing where there people are now realizing if a person doesn't act the way you have imagined a person under stress would act or a person that was sad or guilty or you know regretful or anything this like the, all that projection but instead it's like every individual deals with that and situation don't you like differently when, when i watch confession or when i watch interview or um what's it called when you talk to a perpetrator uh investig uh you mean in court no in like the police room 
Uh, interrogation. Interrogation. Thank you. Um, I'm like trying to study that person and every single thing they say, but you just can't fucking know. No. They never look guilty or innocent no. in a tr- traceable my, way. My friend Chris Schleicher is obsessed with if he's ever anywhere remotely near a murder, then they're going to automatically convict him of it because he's not going to react the way that he's supposed to react. <laughs> That's but, like, right. He's going to be chilly and all that. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. One of the things that's interesting is that the idea of how a person would behave is a legal, it's an interesting legal standard of how would a reasonable person act. Mm. So the thing is, is let's say I was walking, I'm much larger than Georgia. I was walking towards her (laughs) menacingly. She became terrified and thought I was going to try to kill her. And she bludgeoned me with the Amy Sedaris crafts book that we just had. (laughs) The question for like the jury is, 
A, did she legitimately think I was going to use deadly force against her? And B, would a reasonable person have thought I was mm. going to use deadly force against her? And that question of how does a reason, how would a reasonable person react is always so problematic as we saw with like Trayvon Martin and so many right. situations where like we can put our minds into the head of you know, uh, you know, white dude, but we can't put our heads into the mind of like black teenager. Right. So my rule of pepper spray first and apologize later is probably illegal. Uh, no, that's kind of fine because it's non deadly force. Right, that's true. And non deadly force, this is a, you know the wonderful thing about pepper spray is the difference between <laughs> deadly force and non deadly force is huge. And if somebody is using non-deadly force against like if somebody if is not trying to kill you right and they you, think they're threatened and you use and you use any level of non-deadly force you're fine that is self-defense Beautiful. that is perfectly good self-defense the thing is is you need the other guy the bad guy to be attempting to k- 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 kill you <laughs> for kill you, or like for you to sexually anything for you, you don't know what you don't I know mean, how it's gonna it's the, i mean it's the terrible thing about the operation of the law as it exists right now is that it does kind of require that he, he or she be trying to k- 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 kill you for you to k- 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 kill them and if it is the thing is is that if uh, presumably if if somebody was coming at you to sexually assault you and was being very physically intimidating you understanding that as being deadly force yeah. and sort of understanding if i resist him enough this dude's going to kill me yeah that's that's understandable yeah the other situation where you're allowed to use deadly force even if they're not using deadly force is in your home right but Ooh, some, yeah. some states don't so, yes do it, that, it right? does vary state by state it does vary state by state but generally um there you know there is a duty to retreat yeah in uh in a lot of situations but you're by who but like if somebody's coming at you and you have a way of getting away from oh, there, um, you have to, you have the duty to retreat. I mean, the thing is, is that like, if they're using deadly force against you, self-defense is, is fine. But like, if you have a clear way out, mm. use your clear way out, but nobody's expecting you to retreat from your home. Oh, okay. Like y- you get to maintain your home. Okay. Well, that's yeah. so interesting. That's good to know. Yeah. Fucking hit, hide knives everywhere. That just home. reminded me of just a quick anecdote. Do it. So it's getting mm, heavy. Uh, well, this is just an interesting thing of like being in the home, and also we were t- talking earlier about growing up in the country. Um, my old roommate Maleva grew up in a town called Auburn, which is like twenty minutes north of Sacramento. Beautiful and just a gorgeous, gorgeous area up in the um, the old gold the gold rush country yes. oh. um like and redwoody kind of thing not redwoody because that's closer to the ocean this is more but it's very foresty and mm. hilly Ugh. and just a lot of houses every house is five miles away from the other house no there's no such thing as real neighbors i don't think i've ever not shared a wall <laughs> with oh, a neighbor I yeah that scares me this might really make you uncomfortable okay, tell me. because so one night and th- uh, they all grew up like that and my friend Leva told me the story that she um, one of her friends it was was home alone as a teenager and got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and her parents were like away for the weekend and she stepped into the dark hallway and there was a man standing at the other end of the hallway so she just started making the weirdest noise that she possibly could on purpose? yes like because she just was like it was just an instantaneous decision where she's like totally alone 
wherever the gun is she's nowhere Holy near it shit. blah 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 whatever so she just started like being crazy creepy and it freaked this guy out and he ran out of the house yeah. that's so smart isn't that amazing that's so smart because I am so I have this big fear that I'm gonna get attacked one day and you know when you can't you're so freaked out you can't scream yes which I know happens a lot in dreams but it actually happens when you just try to scream and your voice is gone because you're so scared yes like I'm so terrified that that's gonna happen whenever I read a murder story where the woman just start screaming I'm so impressed by that right so I think those instincts are just like and to do that is so impressive it's crazy and I think it was it was her following her instinct and it's also like when Maleva made the noise for me I was like stop making that noise it's really weird guttural it was almost like it being an animal wow. but it was almost like she's like I'm an animal that might attack you yeah. and chances are when you think about stuff like that there was probably a drug addict like yeah. a local drug addict that was just trying to get something he could sell for money for drugs and so he's just like I'll just break into this dark house and I'll get this thing and get out so he's probably high anyway and then seeing some weird thing at the end of the hallway making that noise like he Fuck. he probably stopped burgling I like to think yeah. but having the peace of mind when you're in like probably the most scared situation you're ever going to be in to play on the other person's sense of fear mm-hmm. is like Ooh, is just so really self possessed it's a very good idea how can we what are other ways we can do that well like uh, sometimes when I walk the dogs and I'm scared at night because I'm walking them in the dark and I'll like pass a house and then I'll look into the window and I can see people and then I'm like oh oh maybe I'm the creep like (laughs) I always think the creeps behind me but I could be the creep I'm sorry if they're not closing their fucking blinds then they're (laughs) they're asking for it right but like all it takes is the difference of being a girl walking a dog is like I just stepped behind this tree and now I'm the weirdo (laughs) or the person across the street sees you standing behind a tree looking (laughs) in a window oh my god um on a slightly related note yes yes uh when you're a gay guy walking down the street at night and a woman starts to walk faster or have any of the reactions that are the most normal reaction to a man walking behind you in that way. It's so funny because I've talked about this with friends. The inclination to sometimes people I know have started to have a, pretend to have a phone call so that they can <laughs> oh, have, have gay voice. Oh my god! Or, Just yell, "I'm gay." Yeah, I mean, uh, I I most frequently will start singing to myself. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, guys! To just be like. N- don't worry yeah, girl. yeah I thought you were gonna say <laughs> take the time to criticize her hair <laughs> and then she knows she is not in any do day. you guys uh, think okay I have I, I have literally been in the situation where I giggled at something and a, and, a, <laughs> and a woman's physical behavior on a street was just like oh I'm fine yeah I was like actually yeah. sir can you walk me to my car yeah. I got a free time. <laughs> that's insane do you think I always think like if I acknowledge someone and smile at them and say hello or whatever that it's I'm letting them know that I am aware of my surroundings and so I'll I'll stop and get my phone out and let the person pass me and say hello to them and like not yes can I just say this I just was did I tell you about that book that I got and it's called like um, the spy's way of of like shoot I need to remember the correct shoot. name shoot that's so cute <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot um, it's called like he was basically a CIA agent uh-huh. and he it's a book it's like a total plane read that I read where it's just a list of ways to stay safe oh my god I need it yeah I'll give it to you it's really really good but I basically skipped to the whole 
whole thing was like a, an environment awareness. And he's like, I would throw everyone's phone away if I could. Yeah. Because people go into this thing where they think because this thing is, has a priority and they're so interested in it that the world they're shutting out is shutting them out. Right. When actually it makes you a target when you are clearly like being mesmerized by this thing in your hand and you don't have environmental awareness. So like when you're, you have to, um, you don't have to do anything but when you're walking down the street the best thing to do is be looking around be making eye contact confidently making eye contact Walk with fast people and confidently and just being and also being able to look at a person being like I see you there yeah like I have a phone in my hand that I can do something with but also I see you there and like are you gonna come at me is is a way better approach um, because that's you're basically it's kind of like alpha dogging yeah. and just being like this is my area and this is I'm not a victim this is like I mean I literally carry my pepper spray in those situations like walking down the street in the dark yeah, whatever yeah, yeah that's or like what it's walking to my like when something just feels off sometimes I'll just walk with it in my hand yeah I don't know I know I'm fucking paranoid as shit but like eh. but that's what it's, it's like for like rightly so yeah it's what it's I for. can't recommend being a creepily gigantic man enough. <laughs> it's amazing. How tall are you? You're like I'm six, six three. three. Oh my god! <laughs> Although last week I was in I was in Bloomington, Indiana, and I went to um, I went to the gay bar in Bloomington, Indiana, and I went to the address. The gay bar. I love that. Yes, yeah, one. really. And I looked in, and there were like men playing pool and like couples together, and I was like, oh, this is not a gay bar. What's going on? Um, because if there are men playing pool, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> um, and so I went in and I was like, hey, I th- where's the back door? And they were like, oh, you have to go around through an alley. The back, to, wait. To a windowless, like, it, it's just like, like a it, gay speakeasy. It's a gay bar from the time when gay bars couldn't have window. Like oh, gay bars were about having a good time while hiding. I like that he, I like that he knew what you meant. So yes. And, I wouldn't. But the experience of like walking through that alley and being like, uh, like how many people have been beaten? Here? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, or it's almost like it's a shameful thing that you have to walk through this place and no one wants to go. That's awful. And I, I mean, it's it's like the old school way of things, but it is it's the closest I can come to kind of understanding what it's like for you guys anytime it's dark <laughs> and you're going to your car of like here, here's this alley where somebody could wait to just like hit you with a baseball bat it's or something not even like at night it's all day too like I'll, I won't walk down certain alleys during the day because it's just don't walk down alleys yeah no they're dirty and they're for garbage men <laughs> they're not for girls Gar- garbage men not sanitation workers is what you're saying <laughs> that's right yeah men of garbage level that's humanity we, I want to clear that up because I, sanitation workers are very respectable. And oh, I'm but they're just, pressed. I also meant their truck goes through that alley real fast. That's where the garbage cans are a lot got it, of got the time. Got it, got it, got it. But there also was, shitty dudes. There was one final topic I wanted to discuss with you Please. guys. Please. All right. Okay. So one of, one of the ways of sort of like saying something is not murder is just sort of saying that the right um, state of mind wasn't there. Um, and what, well, f- first of all, just what manslaughter is, is when you didn't intend to do something, but you made a mistake and you did it. You were negligent. Uh. So like any, essentially anything you do in a car not murder it is Mm -hmm. like in the state of california i think there's a really strong presumption that anything you do in a car 
is not like you wouldn't want to kill someone like, with your car yeah like you wouldn't w- be trying to kill someone with your car like if you shoot someone in a car i'm not saying right. that. <laughs> um, don't be crazy right yeah but just sort of like um y- you know an accident is an accident but again like i don't know why i'm targeting all of this towards georgia because of your <laughs> attempt obsession the the difference between i hit somebody with my car and i hit somebody ca- with my car and then it killed them yeah is it, i accidentally hit someone with my car and then i killed them is you're going to jail for eight years Dude, i knew a guy who fucking was- wait sorry sorry I accidentally hit someone with my car and then it killed them. You're going to jail? You're going to jail. Yeah. That's manslaughter. You've committed manslaughter. and Even though it was an accident. Which is why don't fucking drive even if you're buzzed. Because can you imagine uh, two drinks and you drive and you accidentally kill someone? I I didn't realize that's what you were saying. Yes. That's horrifying. And there is an extra level of that where there are things that you are doing that are accidents but are so dickishly stupid that they're called depraved heart (gasps) And so they're either called depraved heart manslaughter or in some states that's enough for murder that like I think I know a dude that that happened to like, what's the example though I went out onto my balcony and I shot my machine gun just into space because oh. I thought it was hilarious I just drove my car into a uh, farmer's market because I thought it would be funny Ooh. like who does um, no idea that's not, not the funny same thing at all well I know it okay, so I know a dude he was fucking high on meth there was fucking traffic on the freeway and he decides to fucking gun it in the uh, the not, next to the fast lane like the pole off lane mm-hmm. some fucking people had broken down in that lane and he comes around a curve and hits them and they fucking die. I cannot it's been 15 years and that's I completely it. depraved heart and it's that oh, thing that's horrifying yeah, very, he went to prison for a long time the very interesting thing that for a long time I got so drunk or I got so stoned just meant that you had been negligent yeah. and not that you had intent but like oh. if you were uh, does that make sense? So do, is it now? Does it now mean that? Like basically, it would now probably be construed as depraved heart. Like wow. you just you got yourself into a situation where you knew it was possible that you were might drive into somebody like that. Jesus well, that's Christ. that thing where like I lived through. I think we all lived through the time where we watched drunk driving become a bad thing. Yes, which is hilariously insane now. But like it was when I was ten or twelve years old. I remember the. Um, it was I think it was a made for TV movie where like and it's a true story of the drunk driver who had been arrested for drunk driving eight times and then he does it it's the ninth but never went to jail it was like here's your ticket 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 he comes over the hill it's the it's the story of the woman who founded Mothers Against Drunk Driving I remember that TV movie her kids walking in the middle of the street (gasps) over a hill he's drunk he plows down two girls I think and yeah and that's when they were like no more of this fucking businessman who had a great lunch yeah. and sorry everybody bullshit you would think that they could that the parents could sue the city for that for never having punished him for all the eight fucking DUIs he already had I think now they do stuff like that but yeah. like back then it was like oh you, but we all drink and drive yeah you interestingly can't sue a city for things like that I, because of a thing called sovereign immunity shut up where unless the state <laughs> unless the sorry. like when the state is acting like a business like oh. when they're when they're running like oh we take your garbage away or we're making power that stuff you can sue them over but we did oh. the stuff that like only a state can do like we criminally prosecute like we 
failed at prosecuting them or whatever it's like you treat them the same way you would the king of just like no they're fine fucking police state motherfucker what, what's interesting no, I'm for or against I, I mean I think we're fine right now I mean and we are cruising towards we'll a police state I mean, in the near future in 2017 we're but fucked what let's will, work against is what, what we're saying interesting is the first like as we get more texting while driving mm. the thing is it's like texting while driving probably negligent driving while watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on your phone no depraved, depraved who does heart. that I feel like um, watching um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is depraved heart anyway <laughs> It took me too long to say that. Joke. Right. No, it's good though. <laughs> thank you, you. Thank you. Can you think of any other way of getting rid of somebody's state of mind? First of all, you're the best teacher I've ever had. I know. This I'm is so fun. Sorry I hate being I'm, asked questions. I'm so sorry that I'm being so lost. But you're the about one. This. You know all the answers. No, this is the best. Brat. Uh, what can we think of another way of? Of like obviating the um the you can't obviating. say words like that, that word okay. of sort of removing the state of mind as one of the elements drugs uh, elements Dru- same thing as drugs is basically the sort of lowering it to negligence the way that we talked oh before. mentally capacitated mentally Incapaci- incapacitated except I said mentally capacitated <laughs> <laughs> what's mentally uh, capacitated about not the me thing is, is there are okay. So there are cool defenses like self-defense is a great defense, but there are cool defenses like duress. Mm. Duress. I'm always under duress. Uh, Yes. (laughs) He had my child and he told me the only way he would let my child out is if, uh, you know, I shot this person. Does that work for cats too? Because I would fucking (laughs) kill a bitch if they had my cat. Okay. Based on the things that I have told you. Yeah. What do you think the standard would be? Uh, What's the standard again? Based but on the things you've told us, based on the thing, <laughs> Karen and I are great. It, it, I flunked out of a state school. Is, is I went to community college and, and just fucking how left. Do, how do, how <laughs> do class? How do we determine whether is threatening a cat enough for okay. it to be duress on Georgia Hardstark? Oh, because I because I'm in love and you can tell. <laughs> I have a fucking if you have an Instagram and there's photos with this thing on it, then you can fucking kill someone. If she cradles the cat like a baby every night. <laughs> okay. So that is proof that Georgia actually felt like that would be terrible. Yes. But you also have oh, to ask. Oh, so I can do it? No. You, are, you also have to ask what a reasonable person oh. kill the secretary of the interior to save their cat. <clears throat> I would do it. Just someone go ahead and say this is going to be my trial. Um, but the, the other more interesting thing is like mental state. And so I just wanted to talk about a little bit about not guilty by reason of insanity. How much does that actually come up in these horrible, horrible people that you guys discuss? The things I've been learning and reading about is that a lot of people try it and it's really easy to fucking, it's really easy to disprove it. And the, the reality is it's really fucking hard to prove. And it's an, it's always an extreme case. Now you can't just, it's not. It's not as easy as people think it's going to be. It's the the guy that um, <clears throat> in Canada, I believe, Winnipeg, um, took the machete to the other guy's head on the bus. The province of Winnipeg. Oh Jesus! The cannibal <laughs> episode. No, Winnipeg is a city. I was no, making fun of you. Don't do that. <laughs> is Winnipeg in Manitoba? Yes, it is. Is this the cannibal episode? Uh, no, not cannibal. It's just the guy that went crazy on the Greyhound bus. Remember? And he yes. killed the guy sitting next to him and then just went crazy. And But didn't he eat a little bit of him? Yes, you're and right. That, we had a cannibal episode. We were pretending to do themes. <laughs> 
Um, that's right. He ended up, it was by reason of insanity because he was technically, he was, um, I believe schizophrenic, but not taking his medication because yeah. he, it was, it was like his family was basically judging him for being schizophrenic. Like you can't be crazy. But based on that though, like if you're schizophrenic and you stop taking your meds, aren't you responsible for that? Like you can't just stop taking your meds and kill someone. All right. This is Tell us everything. Fascinating question. This and is a 32 part question. It's been super hard. <laughs> Also, have you guys done the Florida kid who ate the people in the garage yet? Bath salts? I believe it was bath salts. Or, ate the face? Or was he on steroids? Uh, I don't know. There's How did the face eat? on a highway, right? He, he ate it in a garage. It may have been bath salts, but there's footage of him walking out of an Applebee's looking really weird. No. I mean, who doesn't look that weird Wonderful. when they walk out of an Applebee's? That just took me too long to say that. Save it, save it for year 15. Um, anyway... <laughs> So basically there have been like a, a couple of big theories about how do we figure out is this person crazy enough? Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one like started when a guy tried to kill the prime minister of Britain and the it's called the McNaughton rule, which was the rule for like a really long time. And that comes down to, could they not tell the difference between right and wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. Which is like, that's sort of like the classic question. And it's also so weirdly subjective. Yeah. And like in the 60s, we started moving towards this new thing called the Durham test, um, which was trying to be cool and scientific and more understanding of things. And they, uh, the question was, was this a result of your mental illness? Was the act mm. a result of your mental illness? And then the president got shot. Oh, right. And, oh, yeah. Remember that? Uh, and for Jodie Foster? Yes. Yeah. And what's his name said, not reason by guilty of insanity. And under the Durham test, he was judged not guilty by reason of insanity. And then every fucking state came back and passed laws that were like, fuck you, Durham test. <laughs> um, and so like they, some of them went back to the McNaughton rule. Um, some, some of them went in the direction of this thing called the irresistible impulse test. Um, wow. That sounds like a new Avon perfume. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fruity uh, with a but but stinks a bunch of blood. Irresistible impulse is kind of that guy. Like the question is just the classic question is if there was a police officer standing by your elbow, oh. would you still do it? And like Ooh. Manitoba bus guy just feels like yeah, no, no, yes. he absolutely was convinced he had that that guy was that, like totally. had a demon inside of him and he had to kill him. That ma- that's a really great question. Yeah. And it's I like agree. you're in this other world yeah. and it doesn't matter who's at your like elbow. They're on your side. You know, the cops on your side and your fucking mind. Yeah, you're trying to protect that cop. Right. Is essentially the mentality. Fuck. It's and and that that also goes towards that McNaughton idea of like can you just not tell the difference between right and wrong? Um But it's like Oh, like you know you got molested as a kid and so you think that's okay and you mol- you know molest another your kid it's like that's right that's what you're supposed to be doing you know the, in, in, a, in a fucking pedophile's mind the thing is is like a it's su- at this point in time it's super super hard to get a not guilty by reason of insanity mm-hmm. and then there's also the thing of like even if you do not guilty by reason of insanity you're going to a mental hospital for 
what should be forever, like what should be yeah. until you're cured, cured. Though you guys recently had a horrifying story. Was it recent or of I just what? listened to it recently? We don't remember any of somebody, <laughs> really somebody don't. who went, somebody who got a not guilty by reason of insanity and then got out like within a year. Um, um, all of them. Well, I feel like it was, I think it was a little bit longer than a year, but our Greyhound bus guy is free now. Oh, right. Is free now in Canada. Oh, that's so charming. Yeah. And also, like, I always think of, like, mental facilities. We're like, can I fucking go there for a week, please? But it's not like a yoga retreat. This is a fucking, like, shitty... Well, also, they don't exist anymore. Right. This that's is, true. They don't... A friend, a friend of mine went to a women's jail in Japan. Oh, my and God. I oh, my God. I always just imagine that is the most amazing spa. I just imagine... <laughs> Was it all Hello Kitty stuff? <laughs> oh, my like, God. <laughs> Fish and fish and rice three times a day. Oh my god! Light exercise, like yeah. like Qu- quiet taupe it's linen clothing. Very just quiet. Just Sado f- facial bar. Oh my god! That you're just Warping. there's a lot of exfoliating and gorgeous skin. Oh, the hair is just luscious. <sighs> We're dicks. But uh, it's but it's it, but it's so small. <laughs> it's like a small cube. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like my mom was a psychiatric nurse, a head nurse oh, at a man. mental hospital, and when Proposition Thirteen passed, and they closed most of the mental health facilities in California, Reagan. and I think across the nation, I can't remember what if it was state. Thirteen was just California. Yeah, it was California. But, but I mean, it is that something was- that has declined. Like uh, I, I think the Reagan administration cut funding for uh, mental health and released a bunch of people. That's why they there's a homeless do. fucking epidemic yep. because these are all people who should be in mental health facilities. They should be taken care of. And medicated and instead... So that kind of thing hey. where these days, if it's not guilty by reason of insanity, where do they send people? I mean, there there are just like deeply overbooked state mental hospitals and, oh. and some that are, I believe, specifically structured for people who have committed crimes. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, so it's like a wing at a prison almost. Y- yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I think California has that. I th- oh, F- Folsom, I think, has is where the sort of like... Um, mentally ill people who have committed crimes. Let's go. go there right now. Let's do a fulsome trip. You know what's funny? My mom used Also, to- I may be totally wrong about that. And let's just remember, I went to law school 16 years ago. Uh, I could this be wrong is my favorite murder yeah, where you- being wrong is so right. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say really quick, there's a there's a maximum security, it's a super max pris, uh, prison called Pelican Bay mm-hmm. that's up in way northern California. And my mom used to go with her friend, um, Mrs. Manwiller, I can't remember her first Aww. name, because uh, Mrs. Manwiller was a, the kind of nurse, I think she was also a psychiatric nurse, and she would go there and give like tests to the um, residents for some reason. I can't remember what she was doing. Oh my God, I want to talk to her so bad. My mom would just go along Ugh. and stay at the hotel, like read a book. <laughs> and then they would like go to a fun dinner. Or I'm like, you're intentionally going to Pelican Bay where, where like, it's basically all about this super max prison. It's where they put it's her vacay. It was her vacay. That's right. And she was like, oh, of course I'll go. I'll just go up there with her. They have this great Italian place. And meanwhile, inside the prison are like all, it's all the um, oh. Hannibal Lecter's of of like California. Oh my god, I want to know. She didn't have to deal with you and your sister for the night. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. When I was in law school in Minnesota, they like took us to go see the prisons. And it's a weird thing of like, I'm from California where we have so, like, we just have so many of these things. Minnesota was basically just like, 
there are two maximum security prisons. And one of them was like 1800s, clink, kind of like that thing. And one of them was like, Oz, like state ev- of the art, state of the art. There's like a bubble where you can run the whole place from there. <laughs> and they were making like kindergarten mats. That was the thing that they did was they made little mats for kindergartners. Jesus. Oh, nice. Um, and it was, you know, terrifying. It was legit terrifying to see what life there would be like. Well, you, we talked about this when we were both watching the night of, we talk about it all the time how it's like we want them people that do horrible things to be locked away forever and no sentence seems long enough and all that stuff then you watch the night of and you're like four minutes as a as a prisoner inside of any of those places is an absolute horror show nightmare like then you start get it makes me think about it the the complexity of when you get you know, when you actually get found guilty for a crime like that and you go away for 11 years because you did this thing and yeah. you literally are delivered into the bowels, bowels of hell and hopefully hopefully you stay alive, like that that does count for something. We always want it to be 50 years yeah. or whatever, but like is is 11 years enough when it's that level of suffering and fear and constant horror yeah but what did you do to your victims that they had a similar experience that's private what i did to my victim no i know no absolutely but it's also like that's why it's also i'm also so interested in like cases where it's like did they get the right guy because the thought of walking in there and being like i have 11 years and i didn't fucking do this there's nothing more horrifying than those stories of yeah i was in there for seven years and then like they they got the dna like like technology to figure out i couldn't have remotely done this yeah that's a hundred years more you know it's not seven years it's fucking dog years it's uh, right. I hate those stories so much. Yeah. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Wrongly accused is like, it's just... Ugh. It's How so do you convince terrible. people... So in that situation, you can sue for deprivation of your civil rights. Uh, I think if you can show sort of like, like misconduct on Mm. the part of the, or or just sort of like, um, failure to do their jobs properly on the part of diligence. Yes. On the part of (laughs) prosecution. And so like if if someone else gets caught and convicted, then you can, you can like, if they find someone else's DNA and they let you go, it's one thing, but if they find someone else's DNA and they find that person and convict them, then you probably have more leeway. Well, what you would do is if they find 
DNA that relates to your case, then you would, there's a, a thing called a, a, like a habeas corpus, um, act where, is it like menses? <laughs> Oh no, my god! I got my menses on my habeas corpus day. Uh, habeas corpus is just—it means like present the body, and the thing mm. is, is that's mm. a, a proof, sexy, a, a direct, a, like a direct thing where you get to go to um, an appeals court and say, like, look, this means there's no possible way. Yeah he did it and like those are the things that like people in jail are constantly trying to like pursue themselves and you get occasional TV movies about the one guy who managed to like get himself out the innocence project tries to do too right right? Right. and don't you think that Beyonce should record a song called present the body (laughs) Uh, where the chorus and then like in parentheses is habeas corpus that's right exactly or the chorus yeah Um, habeas chorus so you should be I mean if there is DNA evidence of that sort, you should be doing a better job of getting yourself out there than the state is doing of prosecuting somebody else. Um, like it's on you. It, like it's it's on it's it's on you, but also it should be able to happen quicker, I would think, than the state going and trying to get that other person from jail. From I'm we're saying there's an innocent person in jail, yeah, and there is a person out there who actually committed the crime. That like the minute they fi- find the DNA that couldn't possibly be yours, then your lawyer can file uh, a habeas corpus, and um, you know the like the police will be or whoever it is will in the DNA experts will all be like nope 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 and you can get that done and it seems like finding the person and all of that who actually did it would be a longer process than the habeas corpus okay I don't understand. That's a lot. Um, I don't know that I understand. <laughs> you sounded real smart just now. Or sorry, were you, are you just saying, as opposed to the finding the guilty man, it's just proving it's not you? It's just proving it's not right. you. Okay, got it. And like, it was just that, yeah, George's question was like, basically, can there be two people in jail for the same murder at the same time? And kind of no. Oh, got it. Unless they were like collaborated on it. Oh, what about the um, the guy who eventually got prosecuted by the army? Oh yeah. Did you hear that one? No. The That's Summerland. the crazy when we start talking about double jeopardy. Uh-huh. But I mean, anytime I'll just say a thing where I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the word I should be saying, but I can't have like a debate about because I don't really know what I'm talking yeah. about. But it was, you know, you know, he it. got tried and convicted of a triple homicide. That got overturned and he got and he was declared innocent. Then they found years later, it's the Summerland Road murders. And then years later, they found DNA, you know, once DNA technology was around, um, tying him to the murders. And so because they couldn't uh, try him for double jeopardy because of double jeopardy, because he'd already been convicted and then deemed innocent. um, He had been in the army at the time. And so they reinstated him. And then he was tried by, um, one of the army people. I don't know what's it called. Uh, NCIS. <laughs> Mark Harmon. Yeah. Um, that's because those are different laws and different jurisdictions. Yeah, they're, not jurisdiction, they're, no, but, because of the, they're different laws because they're different jurisdictions. Right. Um, but isn't that 
It, it, so that doesn't count as double jeopardy if the army steps in and is like, we're going to try it over here? Yes, because he violated a different law for committing murder while a member of the army. Oh. Or if he had then if he, he had crossed state lines with a kidnap victim, he the, then the FBI and or the the or the U.S. could can, could try him, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's an interesting thing that like you can't. I don't think you can be convicted of like. Can you be convicted of both federal and state murder? Federal, that's the word. If they are, if it is both a federal and state murder, I would think so because there is a different requirement. But there is this thing where if all of the elements of your crime are all are also all of the elements of a different crime you can't be convicted for both of them hmm. so like going back to hmm. me going back to me punching steven all of, going back to that uh, what if steven sues you just for this example <laughs> threaten all of all of the things that i did to punch steven w- w- were battery but they were in the situation where i killed him it was also murder which means if you prosecute me for murder and i am convicted of murder i cannot be convicted of the battery mm-hmm. oh. that was um you know that was part of it um so with that i assume the thing is that like the the failure was on the part of like the state law like um because there was clearly some sort of um technical failure in prosecuting it under the state law um you um he, he cannot be retried under the state, but there all of the facts still right. occurred. I just wonder, like you know, as as science and technology advances, does should double jeopardy like depend on compelling evidence? You know, it, when we someday can 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 use you know DNA in the fucking nineties wasn't what it is today in the early two thousands, and so there's so many cases that they're going to find something bigger in twenty twenty five when we know more and it is so hard it is very very hard when we constantly have new technology that gives us more information and when you tried somebody under what like criminal research was in in 1984 you want to have another stab at it in 2016 Uh, but I believe in the idea of like no you get like statute of limitations let's deal with it now yeah and you kind of have to deal with it under the terms of now and you can't go back and and it's hard with things like cold cases and stuff like that. And it's also up to the prosecution to decide if they actually have a case that they can win. So if you don't, yes. then you should fucking wait until you do. Except which is the why they don't try a lot of wait, though. non-body... But like ex- except, it's one of your rights, right? Ex- yeah. Except for the fact oh. that you've got the the um yeah speedy trial but the, but the thing is a speedy trial only starts once they arrest yeah. you yeah and so, don't arrest someone until you yeah and the, the, the thing that's interesting is like we knew she was dead in 1967 but if we get information that says oh so and so did it in 19 or in 2016 then you can go and get that guy it's not like statute of limitations has told because um wait has it i don't know i get it it's murder yeah not if it's right never for murder never for murder yeah um but yeah so like you just kind of have to wait until you have enough stuff that is a case yeah fuck man yeah fuck Wow. Um, funny. 
no, it's this not is fun. horrifying. I have forgotten so much about this stuff. Hi, you are <laughs> yeah, amazing. Welcome to our world. I'm sorry <laughs> no, for all of your listeners. You're like, great. Wait, what? <laughs> there's I- there's only 500 lawyers out there that listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. No, also, all it's the of the best. No, it's well, great. No, but it, also, the worst part about this is that I love giggling to myself about Karen calling Winnipeg a province or Manitoba a city. <laughs> but now you're going to get all of the lawyers writing from no. millions of listeners. Have you seen our fucking listeners? Uh, they send us sweet honesty <laughs> shit. They're going to make a quilt about how I got the law wrong. <laughs> no, what's going to happen is someone's going to make a meme of a quilt that that, and it's adorable and charming and everyone loves it. No, you. I think this is so satisfying because basically for a year straight we've been throwing out what we think and kind of ha- with the intention of like, we'll probably get back around to this and have an answer eventually sure. or whatever, but and yeah. arguing like, well this, not arguing with each other, but like saying like, this should be this way and it's like, well yeah. here's why it's not that way. Right. I like that. And the thing is, I do I like after law school I was just so terrified every time I got behind the wheel of a car please let me not kill someone this time yes Um, now I will be that way too but uh, but the paranoia of like once you're in the criminal justice system it is so horrifying and they have the right to take your life away from you that I do like however annoying it may seem I do really believe in all of those little constitutional things that are like if you don't do it all right then this person has to go like this person gets off like and watching the Supreme Court kind of like scrape away at some of those things like it used to be if anything remotely like unkosher had happened in like searching for something that evidence was uh, the fruit of the poisonous tree and could never be used and they've started to be a little bit more yeah even though you didn't have a warrant for him it's fine that you got that and that terrifies me even though it's finding people who actually are guilty mostly of drug crimes and stuff like that uh, I'm just like I want all of the protections I can have so that the state can throw me away forever that's right that's the I think ultimately that's the thing it's like once when we start talking about because we are talking about cases most of the time we're talking about cases where we know the person did it so then when we opine it's with a passion of god damn it these people have their lives taken away by this person who we know is bad because it's been proven. Somebody else did all the work and yeah. we just get to say, yes, get rid of this person because they, they, they got rid of other people and that sucks. But when we get into those cases where it's a question mark, you still have the same feelings of bad people should pay for for ruining other people's lives. Well, it's yeah. interesting, guy, that you think of it from the, your side of like um, of the of being the person who's prosecuted. Where I think of it as being the victim, yeah, and like all the little things that I'll need to do. Like I save my, I have all of my like um, uh, day planners from the past like five years. So if I ever need to say where I am or what I was doing or like testify for somebody else or yeah. you know like if I, I use my credit card every time I use my credit card at a fucking uh, parking meter I think okay well this is going to be a trail of where I was that day in case something happens yeah it's, it's <laughs> well it goes both ways though because it also could be a trail of something that proves you were at a parking meter instead right. of it like yeah I don't think about that I'm a white f- fucking female I like I'm not I don't need to worry as much yeah yeah and I mean it is that situation of like I'm just not scared 
of incidental crime in the same way. I like somebody might rob me, you know, or like there, there is random sort of, I'm also just not, I'm not the most bashable gay guy. So (laughs) I feel like you're almost unbashable. (laughs) Papa puck Karen. Let's not say that. Yeah, that's true. Um, But it it is like the, I think there's maybe like more randomness to the kind of crime and like why somebody might murder me um, than for for women yeah. you know like like we're always uh, vulnerable yeah no matter what um, but, but also the thing of the weird thing about reading those cases and listening to your stuff is realizing that somebody can just like bounce into your world and for no reason cause such horror and pain for just for something that doesn't even make sense to me and it's a shockwave of your family and friends and fucking peripheral people in your it just it pisses me off so much that these fucking assholes can take away so much by just having a fucking random feeling to kill someone or drug addiction addiction. so often it's just the dumbest like they were on meth and they didn't know what they were doing or they were on meth and it made them this crazy violent or whatever where it's just like but there's all these people that don't do meth and live you know live legal lives well I mean the, the, the things where I do get into the mindset of the victim are more sort of like the evidentiary things of like if this person's not around we don't get to rely on the fact that they can't you know that you're allowed to admit hearsay evidence for a dead person because um they can't testify on on their behalf and and you think it's not fair no i think it's a wonderful the best thing like there are parts of the law that like feel like magic that really are just like such old ancient magic and my favorite one is the die your dying utterance is always admissible. No. Yes. What? So your dying utterance. What? Is like is because the thing is is like it's that's the name that's the name of this episode. It's, dying utterance. It's hearsay. So hearsay is something someone you can't testify about stuff that somebody told you. You can only testify about stuff that you like experienced yourself. Fuck though. But when it is your dying utterance, because there's no you around anymore, like that is always admissible and at least just to be considered yes um it doesn't it doesn't mean like it does it's just like throw that in there with everything else why is that okay why is okay so my sister says to me i'm really scared that my husband's gonna kill me that and i say that and she gets killed and i say that that's hearsay um Yes, it's hearsay, but hearsay is admissible some of the time. Okay. Um, but but if you were, as she was dying, leaned over and she said it in your ear, yes. he's the one that did it. That seems like, okay, that's fair, but that seems like the opposite of how it should be. Like, he, she's been telling me this shit for years. Okay, well, the thing is, is like, um, after your brother-in-law testifies about stuff about how things were fine. Andy, I love you. I know you're not a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have to say that. I just I realized that was like that. Your the example sounds like. Yeah, like not. I don't mean that. You're allowed. I mean, there is something about how um, 
hearsay from dead people. There's a, a separate rule about hearsay from dead people being more admissible, but also you can admit hearsay to impeach his testimony. So if he says things were fine, right. Beth and I had the best of relationships, then we can bring Georgia to the stand and Georgia says, okay, uh, she told me 19 times and I wrote them down on the little pad in my kitchen yeah. and you have a little pad from your kitchen is also admissible. Okay. Or, yeah. That makes sense. I like that. And also emails these days, which yeah. last forever. So wonderful. I'm keeping a fucking pad in my kitchen from now on and I'm writing down every time anything happens. Good idea. Right? Yeah, and then you can write a book. <laughs> it's just dates. Just intense detail of every single thing that um, happens to you. Uh, yeah. uh, my mom has a situation that uh, Karen kind of knows about um, that's just like um, where she, there might come a situation where she needs to testify about something and she's always just like well I put it on my pad she's just this, <laughs> I, I wrote it down guy. <laughs> that's all you need she really does that yes oh my god that's hilarious that's yes. why I keep my my um like my, my daily calendars is like I'll remember something if I see that I went to this fucking doctor or whatever that right. year or that day. I mean, having documents for stuff is just so exciting from a legal perspective. You do discovery. That means the other side gets a copy of your calendar. <laughs> so, so, so many copies. Oh, I went to court reporting school for a year. I fucking <laughs> pretend you know this shit. I would actually say too that in almost like the inverted version of this that I think of is like in my family, there was a ton of death when I was young and it was all a lot of it like surprising and one after the other and that's when I just decided I'm gonna do what I fucking want Fuck yeah. Yeah. because when we talk about the random stuff or when we talk about being a woman and walking with fear at night or whatever it is it's this thing where any this that's that is the deal of life that is what born being born into this life that's the situation it's the same you know it's different for different people for different reasons but in general we are all constantly at risk we all have the specter of death hanging over us all the time it's why some people love true crime it's why some people love to paint it's why some <laughs> people can't stop jogging whatever the fuck it is but ultimately I feel like I had this kind of weird realization as a young child who was like this fucking sucks and it could end at any second. Well, the thing of like, it could be somebody with a machete on a bus or the amount of potassium in your system. Yeah, exactly. So like, so then why not be like, oh, sorry, I meant to tell you, I'm totally in love with you. Or mm. why not go do stand-up comedy that you're scared to death of doing, but why not do it? Because it's the thing in your heart that you want to do. Like, you might as well. This is your one fucking shot. And you can sit there lining up all the things that are the reasons why you should be scared. Or you can go, well, I should be really scared because this whole situation is really scary. So why be scared about the one thing I really want yeah. to do? Why not just fucking do it then? Fuck. 20 Fuck. 6 yeah. That's 2017. That's 2017, baby. 2017 is how Karen is doing it. And everybody else, if you would like to join me. <laughs> how long have we been talking? Eight hours? So long. Should we each do one murder from our... Cards? Our true crime cards? Yes. Draw, draw a murder, murder like um, okay, like it's tarot cards. All right. I have a, I have a stack of these, mur these true crime playing cards that Stephen... Uh, Stephen Ray Morris gave us last week. We're each gonna draw one, okay? And we're gonna read about uh, it. And it's just fucking. It's just like playing cards, uh, and it's murder. Oh shit, you guys! All right, I'm gonna do one. Too. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, who wants to go first? Karen, you sound excited. Should go last. Um. 
guy seems disheartened. Guy, do you want to re- reach his? Wait, hold on. I think this this might be what. No, hold on. What I said last. No, week? it's the McNaughton rules. Oh, Shut up. <laughs> I fucking just pulled the card. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, let me read this. The McNaughton the rules. Zone, we'll just we'll double check your work. In, <laughs> in 1843, Daniel McNaughton, a Glasgow woodworker, shot the secretary to the British Holy Prime Minister. Shit. What the that's ooh, guys! I have tingly tingles right I now. Have five packages of these, and this is the one we open, and that's the one you fucking. Sh- I wasn't looking. They no. were they were upside down. This that, is not the ooh. what is happening in life. Uh, he it. had intended to kill the prime minister, but was unclear as to his appearance at his trial. McNaughton, suffering from delusions of persecution, proclaimed the Tories' route to get him. The jury found him to be insane and not responsible for the magnitude of his crime. He was to be sent to an institution. Concerned Parliament members convened a panel of judges to explain this. Their answer forms the McNaughton rules, which colon, which are this. Jurors are to be informed that the accused is presumed to be in to be sane as he or she is presumed to be innocent to establish a defense on the basis of insanity the accused must be disturbed enough to not know the nature and quality of what he or she did or if knowing it to know it was wrong further if the accused labors under partial delusion only he or she must be considered in the sane situation as to responsibility as if the facts with respect to the delusion were real. These British rules, commonly called the insanity defense, have been adopted in America and Canada and have been tested hundreds of times since their inception. In the cases of serial killers such as Ted Bundy, Edward Gein, I like when they call him Edward, <laughs> Kenneth Bianchi and Jeffrey Dahmer, um, the atrocities committed have led defense lawyers to attempt to prove insanity while this strategy was successful in the case of the obviously dysfunctional Gein, most such defenses prove futile because the sociopathic personality while deviant in his desires is often not out of touch with reality and jurors usually decide that a killer functional enough to hide his or her crimes mm. can be presumed to be aware of wrongdoing. And I would just like to say that these are true crime series. This is from True Crime Series 4, Serial Killers and Mass Murderers by Valerie Jones and Peggy Collier. Ladies! And the art is by Paul Lee, Eclipse Enterprises, just in case anybody wants to... F- oh, it's in Forestville, which is right by Petaluma. Who, who is Ed Gein again? Oh. Ed Gein is the one um, that basically killed uh, several people, women in his town, killed his mother. Psycho was based on him as, oh, okay. as well well as Silence of the Lambs. He's the one that made um, furniture. He wore nipple. his mother's face Was at night. Was there a nipple belt? Yes. Ne- a nipple necklace. A nipple belt. You're right. Fuck. And he danced with his like different parts of his mother under the <laughs> moonlight. He was out of his goddamn mind. Do you guys hate the movie Copycat? <laughs> you mean... You mean with Sandra Bullock? No. What was the one with um, Harry Connick Jr. and Sigourney Weaver? Oh, I like that movie. Oh, really? Yes. I, I always just one. thought that his his serial killerness was so dorky <laughs> compared to actual serial killerness. He hadn't refined his acting style as he had eventually done in Hope Floats. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy everything that's happening also because it's in san francisco right yes it is and it's amazing and sigourney weaver it's sigourney wears a lot of suits and holly uh, sigourney weaver and holly hunter but i just 
anytime Karen like is just on board for an actor, her love of Sandy Bullock, I'm just like when Sandy cries, I cry. How how can Karen love this? It's in me. I want to do it. Yeah, she. I think you want someone to dig that out, and I think Sandra Bullock does it for you every time. She she does it, but but I have to say, like, not the proposal, Sandy, Mm -hmm. where she's kind of proposal is so good. It's good, but that's that's uh, my Sandy is more um, eight weeks notice. That's I will watch eight weeks notice. Yeah, anytime, wherever it is, beginning, middle, or end. Okay, I feel the same way. I'm the same way with Steel Magnolias. Oh, and Sleeping with the Enemy. I will fucking turn that on no matter what. That movie is so good. Steel Magnolias just goes down so smooth. Like it just, it's so it's so smooth. It's It's a gin and tonic on a hot day. It's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you want to go? You want to go last because you're the guest. Okay. Mine is terrible. I feel like it will be an anticlimax. Do you want another one? No, it's good. Go for it. Okay. I just now I'm butting in. Okay, James Reagan. I'm gonna guess by his fucking face and goddamn fedora that he's a mobster. He was born in 1881, began his crime career as a slugger for the Chicago Tribune during news circulation wars of the 1920s. That sounds boring. In 1940, his Continental Press... This is so boring. Uh, Oh, God. Uh, Oh, my God. It's like about wire service and bookies. There's some people listening. They're like, oh, my God, finally. I think... Wire service crime. Okay. (laughs) If the Chicago mob owned Continental Press, they control illegal booking... Book making It's about bookmaking And mobs Throw it away Rip it up I'm gonna I, I'm not I can't I don't care But okay. they were gonna Kill someone eventually And the <laughs> Like These are so boring That there was Wires involvement In federal crime okay, They're so here, excited That's okay. right you, Those G-men Were gonna come in And really take care <laughs> Of business Look at the guy who looks creepy Okay, here we go. Okay. Richard Tingler Jr. Yes. Yeah, look at, and it's like a really creepy drawing of like an alien trying yeah. to look like a man. He looks like he has plucked his eyebrows um, without e- using a mirror. Totally does. Richard uh Tingler Jr. was an illegitimate child born in 1940. Not his fault. I just want to go ahead and point that out. That's right. That's his right. His mother often taunted him for his, quote, sinful birth and beat him. What a fucking cut. Yeah, I mean, she started it. I'm sorry. She totally started it. <laughs> he escaped home by enlisting in the Air Force in 1959. While stationed in Alaska, he went AWOL with a friend and was arrested for burglary. Uh, in February 1961, he was released in Chillicothe, Ohio. Six months later, he was arrested on 13 counts of breaking and entering, sentenced to one to 15 years in state prison and was paroled in August 64. He broke parole with more burglaries and returned to prison. Um, on September 16th of that year, four bodies, three male, were found shot to death in a Cleveland park. One month later, he robbed a dairy bar in Columbus. What's a dairy bar? It's just like um, people go there to drink milk. Just take shots of milk? Just drink milk and <laughs> get me another. Play pool. <laughs> he strangled the manager into unconsciousness and shot two teenage workers. Identified by the manager, he was indicted on six counts of murder and became one of the FBI's most wanted in November 68. Using the alias Don Williams, Tingler secured work at an Oklahoma farm. Uh, March 30th, 69, uh, his photograph was broadcast in an episode of the FBI. Oh, my God. Can we get fucking... What's some... There was a show called the FBI in, in 1969, 1969, which we fucking need. We need it. 
What? How is no one put it on the list? Video historians. <laughs> Come on, let us have it. Put Museum it on Amazon. Of television no, we can, radio. That's what I was just gonna say. We can go to the Museum of Television and Radio and watch it. Okay. We, okay. Is this like I don't know what that is? Is it like um? It's in Beverly like, Hills. Microfiche. Exactly. Okay. But with video. Uh, he vanishes in April. He's shot and he sh- shoots and robs a middle-aged man. Then goes home to the farm. Erratic behavior attracted the attention. Blah, blah, blah. FBI agents arrested Tingler in May. Extradited to face charges in Ohio is convicted of murder and sentenced to die his sentence was commuted to life imprisonment when the death penalty was overturned tingla <sighs> kind of boring I just wanted more insight like I just oh like these parents were unmarried is the only thing we got for why he did all of this and also just you shoot four people like what was yeah. that situation I feel like they make him seem diabolical and really he's just a fucking like drifter who just like doesn't give who has no emotional attachment to people it's not that like but do we know that like what was that four person murder yeah it's just it's, it doesn't sound like he's got he ha- he he's got any soul? He's missing a chip. Yeah. Were, were there more drifters in the sixties? Yes. Do you think? I feel like road car riders. Is that a thing? <laughs> you mean <train>? hippies? <laughs> I feel like half the hippies were hippies, like. I mean hippie. I feel like half the hippies were just people who were like fucking great. I get to do this and fuck hot hippie girls. Awesome. Yeah. Hot runaways. That's very true. I think so. I mean, it called Charles Manson. Poor seventies runaways. Like, oh, it is you stupid idiot. This show is such a beautiful tribute to runaways because <laughs> I forget that they exist, and then it feels like every other episode there's a fourteen year old girl who decides to strike out on her own. That's well, she either decides to strike out on her own, or the cops go, "Oh no, she ran away, but she'll come back." Yeah. It's they that make old hippies, story. They make hippies seem like such free spirits, and, and it's really just like kids from like small towns who are like, "I want to go do a thing," and they're like, "Oh shit," yes. and then have to do terrible things to get money and survive and they're like I made a fucking huge mistake and those those like videos of them like dancing and having fun it's like no you're having a terrible trip around a bunch of sober people I feel like the core difference between hippies and hipsters was a graphic design degree from a decent school <laughs> that allows you to like have that studio apartment in San Francisco Fair. or you know Oakland or Oakland. extended Brooklyn yeah. yeah where you can be fine yeah the difference is whether or not you choose to be in the park right are you sleeping in the park or right. did you just walk down to the park to get high right Karen let me tell you the most beautiful San Francisco story I have <laughs> can you tell me too guys I, I was in the, yes, Stephen, close your Stephen ears. Stephen, please include Georgia. Uh, okay, so I was at, I went to the bathroom at the McDonald's that like abuts Golden Gate Park. Oh, yes. been there. oh that's where the uh, amoeba is. I, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 so that's gross. Do you, do you have Bay Area origins? Yes, you, I lived there for a while. Oh, okay. So I walked into the bathroom and there was the most adorable twink. Oh, Covered in in tracks, covered uh, in IV drug use tracks. Who oh, was shaving honey. like the the barely there beard that oh. he had because he was an adorable twink. What year? With ninety. Ooh, stand, you've said enough. Yeah, really. Eight or like two thousand two. Oh, Ugh. honey. Um, and with a disposable razor. And then as he finished, he offered it to me. No! He was like, do you want to shave? And I was like, oh, honey, baby. No, I'm good. And it was like, <laughs> the, like that's San Francisco. Like that is 
San Francisco. That's so, especially in the late 90s. Yes, it very. You can't share razors. No. I told you. <laughs> Not a thing. Okay. Or, I want to keep talking about fucking San Francisco in the 90s, but that's another episode. Should I read Lou Gong? <laughs> that's for the end of, ni- of 2017. Yeah, that's right. Where we do an all San Francisco episode. Maybe. Of just terrible stories of. Yes. What a bummer it was. Me stealing toilet paper from bars. <laughs> just a dark time. Me going to Berkeley and being scared to go into the city. Oh, uh, the core question of my first years of stand-up were, do I have 375 to get to the city? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Lu Gong was born in 1963 in Beijing, China, one of three children. His father was a clerk and his mother was a doctor. Good for them. Feminism. That's right. Um, That's a timid not child, common. His math skills blossomed in junior high and he won academic awards and eventual admission to Beijing University. Upon graduation in 1985, he entered the University of Iowa to study physics. Oh, this is a terrible, like, we're, we're taking, like, a Chinese guy to America's heartland to where all of our serial killers are. Uh, but nothing happened, right? Everything was fine. He's the guy on the card, though. Uh, we'll see. Um, uh, upon graduation in 1985, University of Iowa in 1987, he took roommates at his tiny apartment, but both found him slovenly and superior. He was a loner, bad-tempered, and not well-liked. He became a graduate assistant and qualified for a PhD program. Can I guess? Jesus. Th- we're, this guy's going to be a shooter. That's oh. Oh. my guess. Kill his oh. teacher. Mm-hmm. For giving him a bad grade. Um, in the summer of 1987, an IU professor took Lu Gong to an international conference in Europe. Upon his return, he became disenchanted with physics. It happens to all of us. Me too, yeah. And his scores <laughs> yeah, began to fail. He also began to pay prostitutes for companionship. Nothing wrong Sex with workers. that. Just hand-holding. Uh, in 1991, a large cash award he had hoped uh, for was granted instead to a rival. He was incensed and began to file complaints. He also... <laughs> Bought, bought a gun, gun <laughs> bought a gun. He Here we go. His... Here we go. Bought a gun. <laughs> he received his doctorate, but still complained of a conspiracy against him. No. Nope. None. No. None. Just go get tinier somewhere. In September 1991, Lu Gong closed out his savings account, packed up his belongings, and sent them home. On November 1st, he walked into a graduate seminar and he shot his professor. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like everybody wins on this one. And the professor's protege. <laughs> I win. He calmly reloaded walked into the department chairman's uh, office and killed him. As students called 911, Lu Gong killed the university associate vice president uh, and the woman who had been handling the How have we never, have we never oh, heard about this? Poor administrative official. Uh, oh my god. Uh, and <laughs> wounded her secretary. Oh, I've uh, been a secretary. That sucks. Then he went to an she, empty... She doesn't even get like no. any of the glory of like, I'm a professor of this no. but she eats all she the same She wanted to go shit. home and watch fucking Nash Bridges and all have she, a fucking white wine. All she did was file um he then he went to an empty room and killed himself the six victim murder spree su- uh, and suicide took 20 minutes wait what year was it like in the 80s um was he one of the 91. first 91 was he like one of the first college shooters i wonder oh no it's, i mean aside it's from not in college though, i wonder do they if it's not at a college do they call it a college shooting uh yeah no it was at a college yeah. it was at the university of iowa yeah um Oh, speaking of which, there's something I have to discuss with you guys after the show is over. Oh my god, oh my god, what is it? Is it law? Uh, it's a school shooting that I've been planning. I've just been working on it. <laughs> you know this is admissible in court. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my god, that was crazy. That was crazy. 
Um, oh god everything's the worst it re- it always ends this way can we have a good thing because I'm really like this week has been shitty because I'm looking at Facebook too much and like reading all these horrible fucking headlines and like fucking Aleppo and all this crazy awful shit's happening yeah let's talk about a good thing this week I don't have one do you guys have one um, I have a fake good thing that is just me uh, taking uh, attempting to leverage your ridiculous success and make it beneficial for me but Georgia <laughs> Hardstark is probably going to be guesting on my podcast Pop Rocket in January. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. And also, let me be clear. When I said to Karen, hey, maybe I could come on and explain some legal things, it was not just me trying to get on your astounding oh, successful what's the podcast. Point of the city? It was me. Yeah. One, like, look, when we all listen to podcasts, we all want to yell back at the podcast, which is essentially the only reason I listen to podcasts who it's are just my fun. friends. Yes. You're it's making me look important, <laughs> and I'm going to fucking Instagram it. It's also, great. We both win. You'll get to talk about non you'll get to talk about murder things but you'll also get to talk about some fun non-murder things i don't know anything about non-murder also we have a little information now so going forward whenever these things come up at least gonna be like i think this was that thing guy was talking about however and we can like know what we're that's exactly right um and we'll start wearing office outfits um (laughs) i would say my good thing for the week is that I am lucky enough, and I mentioned this on our last episode, uh, to be working on Guy Branham's new show for True TV called Yay. Talk Show the Game Show. And we sit in a room. It's actually very much like the My Favorite Murder family because we sit in a room with uh, Jamie Lee from our Bell oh House my God, episode. I love that. She's the greatest. What our delicious. friend Louis Katz, who is so hilarious, and Chase Bernstein, who is a hilarious stand up comic, who is our writer's assistant and we sit in that room and we spend you know 45 minutes working on the script we're supposed to get done relatively soon and then we spend the rest of the day laughing our asses off and very actively talking about like it'll start the discussion starts about what we need to figure out for the thing and it'll always end up in like some kind of inner stand up theorizing (laughs) that is so hilarious and I just feel grateful that I have a job that instead of draining me of my lifeblood it actually the time goes by so fast and it is so enjoyable and the opposite of stressful for fucking once it it is the most fun and I I find so fascinating that headspace where you're trying to find something to be depressed or scared or sad about like a friend of mine was recently just like obsessing about the possibility that he might die and I'm like you "You, will die but the thing is is he's happy he's happy and he's trying to figure out a reason that he doesn't deserve to be happy well it's scary to be happy so he's like imagining that we'll be taken away from him and I think there is something so fascinating about that dynamic yeah or that like that mindset of like that's where you're going right now and you don't really don't have to I beat myself up about that a lot. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. Well, and also the, funny- the good thing that we have is that we're all full of sparkling wine, which is the most fun. <laughs> uh, not me. <laughs> um, I'm the opposite of full of sparkling wine. But also the thing is, guy keeps talking about where like he'll talk about in preparation for when it all goes bad. <laughs> like you keep bringing that up to me, and it's so hilarious to me. Where it's like we almost don't even have time for this all to go bad. It's going to be done so quickly. Yeah, but I think a basic degree of paranoia is something any like the lovely thing about LA is you've seen so many untalented people get amazing opportunities <laughs> over and, and over and so and- it's so weird 
I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I just think the most hilarious thing is that the most negative person on the planet, Karen Kilgariff, who will <laughs> scoff at anyone's sort of little project, that her second podcast is a rousing success. <laughs> it goes uh, against her personality, is what you're saying? Yes, it completely goes against her personality. Like, Karen Kilgariff is a person who's like, deepest soul is going like, <laughs> A second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I it. I tried not to start it, but, <laughs> but I was so persistent. We really just had, we had to make it happen. Uh, uh, this was delightful. Yeah. Thank you so Bye. much. Thanks so much for letting me cross over into the world of my favorite murder because uh, at 50 episodes or how many episodes oh, is no. it? This will be 49, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's been beautiful being taken through those hundred stories and it's very fun to get to cross over and, and get to play with you guys. We always Thank say you, how nice friend. it is when people we like like the podcast. Yeah, that's, so that's exciting. Really cool. And if you guys um, haven't already... Please listen to the podcast Pop Rocket. It is so awesome. They they talk about pop culture stuff, um, but it's a it's a it's a as, discussion as ill informed as this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not though. It feels like it's very. Um, it felt very produced to me when I was on it, where I was almost a little bit like, I don't know if I have the right answer, and you're just like, I'm asking you your opinion. <laughs> it's like everybody felt very. Um, they had big opinions about things. I was like, I don't know if I have. Opinions. And you just here. gotta get loud and get sparkly wine. That's right. I can't. I know. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks to Stephen Ray Morris of the Percast for being our amazing audio engineer. Yes, thank He's you, who Steven. I'm thankful for this week because when I go out of town, which is a fucking anxiety ridden thing for me, because I hate leaving the cats, the fact that he now takes care of them like fills my heart with joy because they love him and that it makes it less anxious for me to go away. That's awesome. You got yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Um, you got, uh, I don't know, go to my favorite murder and do stuff. Yeah, go on. Oh my God, there's games and puzzles. Um, and you can join the raffle. Uh, it's going to be so awesome. Thanks, happy, you guys, for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for being here with us all through 2016. Yeah. We've had a great time. 2017, we're going to fucking pepper spray. It's gonna no, be it's great. a good thing. Yeah, I mean, in a good way. <laughs> It's not a positive. Like we're gonna fucking kick it. We're gonna kick it. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna fucking pepper spray it. Okay, let's we're assault twenty seventeen. We're, we're gonna make it our bitch. We're gonna take keys between the knuckles. Right to twenty seventeen. bolts. <laughs> Thank right. you guys. Uh, Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Bye. Bye, Elvis. You want a cookie? Want a cookie? There we go. You guys actually do that? I always assume there was just like one track of it that was used every time. Why do you think he sits out here? Because he fucking knows what's going to happen. He comes over here and he, uh, he knows.